and achieved something by faith. They subdued kingdoms. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. They, they obtained promises. They, 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 they took over things because they walked by faith. And we're going to look at that whole list and consider the outcome of their conduct. In fact, if you go, go over to, uh, please, uh, Hebrews 12, because God gave us the greatest example to follow, and it's not your pastor. Y'all didn't say anything. It's not your pastor. It's not your dad or your mom. It's not Bishop so-and-so. There's a great, greater example than Paul. There's a greater example than Peter. There's a greater example than John the Baptist. The greatest example that we've ever given, ever been given, is Jesus Christ himself. For the Bible says, look at this in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he's talking about those Hebrews 11 people. He says, let us lay aside what? Every weight. Come on. And the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now watch this example. Looking unto Paul. Looking unto pastor. No, it says looking unto Jesus, the author, come on, and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus, our Savior, was given as our greatest example. And Paul tells us, look to him. Y'all better catch this here. Because I have news for you. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to worry about me because I don't plan on it, but uh, men will fall. Politicians will fall. Teachers will fall. Pastors will fall. It's, it's just it's part of life. But Jesus... Our example never failed. <laughs> and he showed us by his life how our lives are to be. We're supposed to walk upright and please God. We're supposed to love people. We're supposed to minister healing. We're supposed to preach the gospel. We're supposed to bring deliverance. Right? Yes, sir. But we're also supposed to be rich. Nobody said anything about that. He's our example. I want you to show to see something. I want to show you this. Go get Philippians 2, please. Philippians 2 and verse 5. I'm going to read through verse 11. I'm going to speed read for a second, then I'm going to go, go to show you something else. It says, let this mind be in you which was also in who? Christ Jesus. So let the mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Have the same mind as Jesus, right? Yes. Who being in the, in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a what? Yes. And coming in the likeness of men. Notice it shows how low he came. Verse 8, and being found... In appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9, here it is. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him. Notice he humbled himself, but God exalted him. And has given him the name that is, which is above 
every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Y'all got that? Now I want to look at that same passage in the Passion Translation. Uh, Philippians 2 verse 5 through 11 in the Passion Translation. I want you to see this here. Hallelujah. It says, and consider the example that Jesus the anointed one has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. Now, you got to see that in that he became something that we were so that we could become something that he was. He came down to where we were so he could bring us up to where he is. So he's our example. All right, let's keep going here. Verse, verse 8. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Keep going, please. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. Now, remember, this is our example here. He has now been given the greatest of all names. This is the part we always celebrate. He has a name above all names. I like this. Keep going, please. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will someday, will one day, submit to this name. Boy, it looks like, boy, people are doing all kinds of stuff today, and every group is rising, and everybody's going and doing their own thing and so forth, and they're worshiping other gods, and everybody's damning Jesus, but one day everybody's about to submit themselves to that name of Jesus. They're mocking that name. They hate that name. But one day, whether they like him or not, whether they believe in him or not, everybody's going to submit themselves to this name. In the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and, come on, in the demonic realm. Even demons are going to have to say, yeah, he is Lord. We had y'all fooled for thousands of years. He is Lord. Verse uh, 11, let's finish it here. In every tongue, every tongue, every tongue, they can cuss Jesus out now all they want to, but every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, Jehovah, bringing glory and honor to God, his Father. Y'all see that? So what I wanted you to see in that whole text there is that Jesus rose from the bottom all the way to the top. As my example. He went from rags, I'm going to show you here in a minute, all the way to riches as my example. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you can't stay poor if you stay with Jesus. 
There's no way you can stay poor. Not if he's your example. Not, not if he's the one you're, that you're following. Glory to God. Can I talk about this this morning? Or is everybody already, already financially satisfied? Can I help you go to another level of your finances this morning? So every tongue has to, has to proclaim he's Lord. He goes from bottom to top, and it says then that he's going to take us from rags all the way to riches. I got some help this morning. I'm going from rags to riches. Now that's the way God planned it. Go to, go to Deuteronomy 28. I'm going to show you something here. Deuteronomy 28, because there's no way you and I can stay broke and busted and disgusted and struggling and straining and, and barely getting by and barely making it. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. and oh, I don't know how. I, there's no way. And the devil been holding us back too long because we've been looking at the wrong examples. God sent Jesus. He, the Bible tells us he took off all of his glory in heaven. Came down to this sin-cursed world as a lowly man. So he could take lowly man and take us all the way to the top where he is. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2. Did y'all get Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2. Now it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his what? Which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you low. Set you what? High above all nations of the earth. Verse 2, verse 2. And all these blessings shall, not can. Can I get a witness here this morning? They shall. They're going to overtake, come on you, and overtake you. In other words, you're going to be standing there and blessing just going to pound. See, you can't help but be blessed if you obey God. Listen, don't listen to all these silly preachers who want to tell you God ain't interested in your money and in your financial situation. I'm going to show you here, God is totally interested in that. They'll come on you overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Give me verse, verse uh, 12 and 13, please. Verse 12 and 13. Same chapter. Watch this. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. The, he can? Oh, he will. The heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. Is your hand doing any work? What are you doing with your hands? You either got to have some sewing hands, some investment hands, some entrepreneurial hands, some industrial hands. When your hands do some work, he says, it's going to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to me the nations, but you shall not borrow. Some translations say because you won't have to. You won't have to. Verse 13, watch this, verse 13. And the Lord will make you. You got, that means you got to be working hard against God. If it said he's going to make you something. How many of y'all parents, you ever, you ever made your kids sit down? You ever made them go to bed? It says he's going to make you. The blessing of the Lord, it makes So he's going to make you head 
and not the tail, and you shall be above only and not beneath if you heed his commandments. You, you know how to finish it. So it's inevitable that if you follow Jesus, and don't follow your own mind. Don't follow your own wisdom. Don't follow your own senses. If you follow Jesus, our example, then he's going to make you rich. Y'all yes, yes, got this. Yes, now, let's look at this text here again. Go back to Luke, please. Luke 2. Luke 2. I don't have a lot of time to get this out here. I want you to see this here. Whew. I can't stay broke. I might have came here, bro. You might have been born on the wrong side of the tracks. But you can't stay that way. God didn't mean for you to stay that way. And I'm going to show you this morning, it doesn't matter how bad it was when you started out. I wish I had 16 people just say, yeah, I, I, I believe that. Now look at the text here. We've been dealing with this same text for the last week about Christmas time. It's Christmas time. Everybody say Christmas time. So Luke 2, I'm, I'm going to go right to verse 6 and 7. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. I taught you on that Wednesday night, right? Verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths. And laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So I want you to see, she takes this baby. I taught you this uh, last Sunday, right? About here he is, this lamb. That the reason they, they would have, when the, when the angels spoke to the shepherds in the field, because the shepherds could understand what was going on. He told the shepherds, this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swollen cloths, lying in a manger. They knew what that meant because these shepherds had the responsibility of when lambs were born, they were to take that firstborn male lamb and take it and swaddle it in cloth, wrap it, put it in a manger, and go by, go through it and inspect it, scan it to see were there any blemishes, any marks, because if they found one that had no blemishes, no marks, that lamb will be led to Jerusalem to become a sacrifice for the sins of the people. So Jesus, when he was born, was wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and God had shepherds to go inspect him. Make sure there's no blemishes, no marks, so that 33 years later he be led to Jerusalem and become the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Y'all got this? My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Now, but in, in, the, in, the, in the plain sense of it, without all the revelation, this is what you've heard preached your whole life, is that he was born in a manger, laid in a manger, Wrapped in swollen cloths. In other words, he wasn't given a king's um, uh, pronouncement. He was put in a lowly place. Now, people even erroneously taught he was, he, he was poor because uh, he was in a manger, not in the, in the inn. But the Bible clearly says there was no room in the inn. In other words, his parents, they were going to go to the Holiday Inn, but there was no room in the Holiday Inn. 
They were sold out. No vacancy. Why? They were being taxed. Everybody's in town. So they went to the barnyard and laid them in a manger there. It was time for her to deliver. You got it? So here, here they are, though. They're in a very low place. No, no maternity ward. No midwives all around. There's no flowers come in, nothing. There's no decoration. It's, it's a, it's, it's, there's animals all around. It's, it's a, can you imagine how, how, how stink it is? I, I, mean, I want you just, just to visualize just the sights and the sounds that are around him. Sights, sounds, smells. That's all around Jesus as he's born. Who we know now he's the king of kings, lord of lords. But he came down as a little lamb. And he's in a low, I mean, the, 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 the poorest looking circumstance you could ever be in. You gotta see it. See, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get you to see that with God, it doesn't matter if you were born in the lowliest circumstance you could ever be in. Some people think, well, because I'm born black, I don't have a chance to, to make it. Because I'm born to a single mom, I ain't got a chance to make it. None of that matters. Here's Jesus. He's born in the lowest place you could ever be in. And that's on purpose. So when I take him to the top, everybody knows that it doesn't matter where you start. Doesn't matter how broke your mama was, how broke your daddy was, how broke you may be. Doesn't matter if you had to be raised on WIC and AFDC and food stamps. It doesn't matter if you had government cheese, government bread, government everything. It doesn't matter how you start. If you'll walk with God, if you'll walk with Jesus, he'll take you from the bottom to the top, from rags all the way to riches. So the Bible has to point out he's wrapped in swaddling cloths. Swaddling cloths literally are rags. Strips of cloth, it's rags they've put together to wrap him. The Bible wants to make sure we know he's born in rags. Wrapped in rags. He didn't have, you know, these, this beautiful uh, coat, coat made for him. He didn't have a beautiful, you know, little, someone had quilted. Beautiful blanket, beautiful Afghan, a beautiful little robe, embroidered, monogram. No, no, he's wrapped in rags. Some of you came here wrapped in rags. Some of you, when you got born again, you got born again wrapped in rags. When you came to Jesus Christ, you had nothing. When you came to this planet, you, have nothing, you had nothing. But if you start walking with Jesus Christ, he's going to take you all the way to the top. Are y'all with me on this here? Now I'm going to show you something here. Now, stay in Luke 2, because I want to show you this journey here. What happened for him that set him up? In Luke 2, look at verse 21. 
We already dealt with the, with the, with the uh, shepherds last week, right? So look at verse 21. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of, of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So notice, eight days are finished, and he's circumcised. Can you say amen? Well, why is that important, Pastor? He's circumcised. Because circumcision was a sign of covenant. Every male child in Israel had to be circumcised on the eighth day. That circumcision brought them into covenant with God. The covenant is what afforded them all the blessings. If a child was not circumcised, they had to be put out of Israel. Y'all didn't, didn't catch that. If a male child was not circumcised on the eighth day, God's law said put them out of Israel. Because without circumcision, without being in covenant, God was saying you have no rights and no privileges to enjoy what I'm going to do for my people. So you got to understand. So this circumcision of Jesus was to make sure he became part of the covenant. The covenant, listen to this, is a divine agreement granting spiritual and economic rights and privileges to every partaker. I'll read it again. The covenant is a divine agreement granting spiritual and economic rights and privileges to every partaker. Uh, uh, uh. I'll give you time to read it again and just let it soak in your spirit. Jesus was brought into this covenant. And when he's brought into that covenant, he's now granted certain spiritual and economic rights. Oh my, oh my. It's so frustrating looking at people here in this planet who are begging the government for rights and privileges and want to know what they can get the government to do for them and don't understand when you're a believer and you've been circumcised in your heart, you are part of the covenant that has already granted you spiritual and economic rights and privileges to every partaker. The Bible says in Colossians 1 that you and I have been made partakers of the inheritance. What is to be a partaker of an inheritance means? It means take your part of the inheritance. That means there's something that already belongs to you that you don't have to work for. You just receive it by your faith. You take part in it. So I've been granted spiritual and economic rights and privileges. I want you to know this. Wealth and riches are my covenant right. Wealth and riches are my covenant right. Boy, some of y'all looking like this man just talking foolishness. Well, I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to partakers. I'm talking to believers. I'm talking to people who understand what I'm talking about. Wealth and riches are a covenant right. 
Most believers don't know that their whole lives, that wealth and riches is right. It's their right. They keep thinking they have to twist and manipulate and somehow cajole God into doing something special, doing something. No, they don't understand covenant. It's a covenant right. The same way you learn that as an American, you have certain inalienable rights. That if somebody came to search your car, you say, wait a minute. That if you went to go stay in a hotel somewhere and they say, no, we, 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 we can't, we can't, you can't stay here. You can say, no, I got a right to stay here. You can't refuse me service. I have a right. So in the covenant, you have a right to wealth and riches. Well, I don't believe that. Put Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 on the screen. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to what? To get wealth. Why? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So he has to give you wealth to make sure that covenant is maintained. He has to make you rich to make sure that covenant is maintained. Because he swore to Abraham way back centuries ago. So he has to make sure that you have money in your life. Because if he doesn't, he has broken the covenant. And God says, I will not break my covenant. I will not alter the words of my mouth. I must keep the covenant. The only way a covenant can be lawfully broken is by death. So if God doesn't keep the covenant, he has to die. I don't know if y'all get what I'm saying to you. So you being rich, you being wealthy is not some lofty thing that, well, you know, if it happens, great. It's a right. It's a privilege. Granted by the covenant. If you're a partaker. So Jesus was circumcised to bring him into that covenant. Oh, y'all, oh, oh, God. Jesus, wait a minute. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Ghost, I haven't seen that. So what people think is that because Jesus Christ came here to the earth and he came from God, he was just going to be able to walk in this wealth. He could get anything he wanted to. No, he came as a man, as a human. So as a human, he had to go through all the human steps. He had to be born of a woman. Or else he wouldn't be human. But to come into, into prosperity, he had to be circumcised. Because if he had not been circumcised, he would have had no right to this covenant. Boy, somebody is struggling right here. Because you don't understand Jesus. But Jesus had to go through the same thing you and I have to go through. So we got to be circumcised. We're circumcised in our hearts. When you and I get circumcised in our hearts, we enter that same covenant that he entered on the eighth day. Eight, the word, number eight is a day of new, is, is the number of new beginnings. So when you get born again, you get circumcised, you, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed, old things are passed away, all things have become new. So the moment you enter into covenant, oh, glory to God. 
I'm going to go all the way. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 17, right? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things, all things. So your old thing was being broke. Your old thing was being poor. Your old thing was being uh, not going to make it. Your old thing was, well, we're just going to try to do the best we can. No, that's an old thing. Now all things have become new. And verse 18 says, and all things are of God. So whatever things are new in your life, they're now God things in your life. They're now God new things. And God ain't broke. And God ain't poor. And God ain't struggling. And God ain't. So now I'm in covenant with God. I have a right, Robert. So when the Bible says in Psalm 112, verse 3, that wealth and riches shall be in my house, it's not wishful thinking. Y'all not saying nothing. It's not I'm just wishing and hoping. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Well, how you, how you can say that? I'm in covenant. trying to fill y'all out. Some of y'all think about a job. Jesus didn't have a job at eight days old. This ain't a job. This ain't a job, dude. This ain't, this ain't about your career. This is, this is wonderful. Have a career. Have a business even better. I mean, I'm telling you to do that, but I'm talking about you have a right. See, because a job ain't, ain't designed to make you rich anyway. See, a job knows if they paid you enough to be rich, you wouldn't come back. So you just got to pay you enough to come back. Just enough so you're happy. But not enough to keep you from coming back. So, <laughs> give me Deuteronomy 8, verse 18 in the Good News Translation. In the Good News Translation, I want you to see this. It says, remember that, that it is the Lord your God. No, matter of fact, y'all read it with me. I want some of y'all who's your face still looking crooked. I want you to read it. Don't listen to me. You read it and hear it with your own mouth. Hear your own voice read what God's word says. Ready, read. Remember that it is the Lord your God who gives you the power to become rich. To what? To what? Shout it like an army. Why? Keep going. He does this because he is still grateful today to the that he made the Oh, Samo. What? Y'all didn't get excited when y'all read that? He does because he's still faithful today. So everybody say today, today, today. In 2020 and in 2021, he's still faithful today to the covenant that he made with your ancestors. I want you to go past your African ancestors, baby. Look past that. Talk about with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Thank God for them, but they came out of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, my great-granddaddy was broke. My granddad is broke. My dad is broke. And I'm broke. Go past them. Ain't nobody in my family ever had money. 
Go past them. You're in a new family. You're in the family of God. You are now an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. So if you are an heir of God, an heir of God, what does God have? He's got the whole world in his hand. You sing it your whole life as a little child, but now you act like that ain't true. No, he got the whole world in his hand. Matter of fact, the Bible said that God made promise to Abraham that Abraham will be the heir of the world. Now, if you are in faith, you are blessed with faithful Abraham. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Galatians 3.29, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs of the promise. So if you belong to Christ, then you are now part of this same covenant that God made with our ancestors. So he has to make you rich because he has to be faithful. Get broke out of your mind. Get hourly wage out of your mind. Get annual salary out of your mind. Get that little, get that little, little stimulus check out of your mind. Get a tax refund check out of your mind. God wants to make you rich and wealthy because he has to maintain that covenant. Or else he, he ceases to be God. I know this is the right message because some of y'all, boy, you're struggling. You're struggling in your mind. You're like, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear what you got to say about me being rich. I'm just trying to, trying to figure out how to pay my rent on the first. Well, keep trying to figure out how to pay it. Look at Ephesians 2, please. Ephesians 2, 11 through 13. I'm sorry, because, because of Jesus Christ, we're, we're partakers of the same covenant. See, you and I were on the outs. Now we're on the end. Yes. Ephesians 2.11, yes. Paul says this. He says, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh, you were once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands. So notice the children of Israel, they, they circumcised by hand. They cut. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what it is, right? But now you and I have been circumcised in our hearts. Okay. That at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the what? What does commonwealth mean? It means everybody who's part of it has certain rights and privileges. Just because you live in a certain place. The Commonwealth of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, these, these states operate on a different way than Florida operates. That's by virtue of them living there. There are certain things that are, that are common to everybody. Right. <laughs> says, you are aliens from the Commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. So you and I were estranged. From these covenants of promise, covenants. I mean, we're just dealing with the Abrahamic covenant now, but there are covenants that you and I were not a part of. But he says, he says we were having no hope without God in the world. You were hopelessly broke, hopelessly struggling. Had to beg somebody, somebody, please come help me out, somebody. Verse 13, 13, but now, but now, but now, 
Oh, but now. If I was a Baptist preacher, I'd throw, well, but now. In Christ Jesus, you who once were far off from those covenants, from that commonwealth, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So now I'm part of the covenant. I'm part of the inheritance. I'm part of the family. I'm a partaker. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joiner of Christ. I am rich. Let me keep going here. Let me keep going. Go back to Luke 2. I just, I just want to show you this course here. I want to show you this course. One more thing here. I mean, I could spend more time on this, but I, I don't have time. Luke, Luke 2, 22. Luke 2, 22. I want to show you another thing that's very important here on this journey from rags to riches. It says, now when the days of our purification according to the law of Moses were completed, the days of our purification. Now, we've already gone through eight days. Or, or this, this is now the eighth day, all right? Now, so in other words, let, let, me, let me help you this according to the law, because they mentioned the law of Moses here. A woman, when she had her child, seven days, right, she purified herself. The eighth day, the child was taken in, not by the mother. The child was taken in to be circumcised. The men, the men folk did that job. <laughs> The mother was still at home and had to keep purifying 33 more days. So a woman, when she had a child, was lawfully bound to spend 40 days at home going through a purification process. Got it? I'm just giving you time here because something happens. Now, when the days of our purification according to the law of Moses were completed, notice here now in this verse says they brought him. Now Joseph and Mary are together. Because <laughs> you've been purified. Before it's just Joseph took him to the elders. Hey, cut him up. But now, here's... <laughs> but now they come, and notice what this is. Now watch this, parents. Watch this, parents. They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now they're coming for this dedication process. Because he was presented to the Lord, because he was now dedicated to the Lord, now his parents have set him up for success. I need every parent in this room to hear what I'm saying to you. I, I include this especially for the parents, that you must set your children up to be prosperous. Not by how much schooling they get but how you dedicate them to the Lord. How much schooling you give them and how much schooling you pushing them is your effort to guarantee them a good job. Oh, y'all ain't say nothing, boy, y'all got so mad. That's your effort to guarantee them a good job. You're presenting them to the school. Y'all quiet on me. But not presenting them to the Lord. <laughs> See, promotion doesn't come from the left or for the right, from the, 
from the, from the east or from the west or from the south. Promotion comes from God. So if you keep presenting them to the east and the west and the south, it's to get them a good job and a good career and they can, find, they can go finance their house and finance two cars and, and get a dog and have a garage. But if you don't present them to the Lord, you've not positioned them to be promoted from him. got a good job. They're doing good. They're serving Jesus. Do they even go to church anymore? They walking with God? Oh no, but they got a good job. <laughs> Any fool can get a good job. Good jobs abound. Wealthy people need somebody to work a job. Y'all missed that. Wealthy people need somebody to work a job. That's the, their whole point of getting your kids to go to school so they can have somebody to work their job. They need a labor force. Now, I'm not picking on school. I want you to get education. Get a good education. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. But I'm saying that to position them for success, You've got to present your children to the Lord. As a matter of fact, you for your life, if you want success, present yourself to the Lord. Every day, Lord, I'm waking up today, God. I'm presenting myself to you. Lord, I'm acknowledging you in all of my ways. Lord, you direct my path. I'm not trusting in my own heart. I'm not leaving on my own understanding, God. Show me where to go. Show me what to do. You'll show me success. You'll show me favor on the left, on the right. Everywhere I go, God, you will bless me today. God said, I'm your teacher. Isaiah 48, verse 17, I'm the Lord your God. I'll teach you how to profit. I'll show you how to have some success. I'll make you rich in a matter of no time with no schooling if I have to. In fact, God would get no greater joy and no greater glory out of taking somebody who don't know nothing. Somebody who ain't even got a college degree, they ain't got a high school diploma, and God will raise them up and make them a success just to show the world, look what I can do with mine when they trust me. I'll make them rich. I'll make them rich. I'll make them rich. Hallelujah. 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 Job 36, verse 11. Put this on the screen. Job 36, verse 11. Here's what you and I got to train our kids to do and what we got to do. Job 36, verse 11. It says, if they obey and serve him. If they obey and serve him. When Mary and Joseph were presenting Jesus to the Lord, they were putting him in a position to obey and serve him. They shall spend their days, come on Laquanda, in prosperity and their years in pleasures. They were setting Jesus up. Born 
with rags, but going to be raised to riches. Now, I got to go another place here. Because I got to help the folk who've been whopped in your mind by religion to think that this riches is for one day when you get over in heaven. But one day I'm going to have me a mansion in a suite by and by. That's wonderful. One day you're going to walk on the streets of gold. That's wonderful. That's all wonderful. But I want to tell you, Jesus is our example. And whatever God did in his life is an example of what he wants to do in our lives. So go to Matthew 2. Go to Matthew 2. Because he's been set up by his parents. He's in covenant with God. Now let's show you something else in this Christmas story you know so well, but I hope you see it in a different light this morning. Matthew 2 verse 1 and 2. Matthew 2 verse 1 and 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from, from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Somebody say, Here comes the money. God's not going to wait for Jesus Christ to go and die and be raised again and come to heaven and then bless him. He said, no, I'm going to show you how I'm going to do you on this earth if you will walk with me, if you will serve me. I said you will spend your days in prosperity and you'll spend your years in pleasure. So I'm going to show you through my own son just how I want to do you. Before you get a job. Watch this. Because by the time we get here in, in Matthew 2, Jesus Christ is only two years old. He's a two-year-old. No college degree. No good job. No experience. He don't have nothing. He don't even have a business yet. Not yet. Now, his dad is a carpenter. He's going to go into that business, but he don't have no business yet. He's two. But can't read. He's illiterate. No, that's Jesus. He's a human. He probably, he came and changed his own diaper. Barely know how to walk. Are y'all in there? Y'all still there? Verse 9. Verse 9. When they heard the king, now these wise men, they talked talk to the uh, king Herod who's trying to trip them up, right? They departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over, over where the young child was. Notice he's not a baby here anymore. He's a young child, two years old, we know this, okay? Verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Verse 11, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And here it is, somebody say, here comes the money. And when they had opened their treasures... They presented gifts, 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 Get, not purchases, not earnings. Y'all missed that, y'all missed that. Not earnings. Some of y'all still thinking about your earnings. He said they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. First of all, we make sure we get out of our mind that there were only three kings. We don't know there might have only been two. 
And there might have been a hundred. The Bible doesn't say. So forget the whole little nativity scene with three guys on, on, three, on, on camels. First of all, these, second of all, these are kings. They wouldn't be riding on camels. They are riding in horse-drawn carriages. They have horse-drawn chariots. The camels are carrying the stuff. These are kings and they're surrounded by all their security. Because they're carrying money and there, there are these, these vagabonds who would try to uh, 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 carjack people. So they had security all around. This is a whole entourage. These guys don't show up by themselves. If this was just two or three guys and came to the King Herod with nothing, King Herod would have been like, what? But when King Herod saw their entourage, so like, who this? Who y'all? Who y'all who, who y'all looking for? Y'all got all that? He said, no, I gotta, we gotta deal, we gotta deal with them. He took them seriously. Because he saw what they had. So, so these camels that we talk about, first of all, you can read through the story, you never even see the word camel there. We assume they're camels. You never even see the word camels there. You see, you see how the devil tries to paint this picture to get us to have this limited thinking. Here they come, and we do the little Christmas play with a little little bit piece of gold, a little, little frankincense, and here's a little myrrh, a little, little char, little jar or something. No. It is, some theologians say that the frankincense and, and myrrh were more valuable even than the gold at that time. The same stuff that that woman had in that jar, the alabaster box of ointment. A year's wages for just a little box of it. Now notice, these are, these are gifts, not earnings. God doesn't want you living on your earnings. People of God are still too much earnings minded. Well, if I... If I work 40 hours and then I figure I can get me an extra 10 hours over there and they're going to pay me time and a half for that. And then if I get over, I go get a second job and I work at night, I never even, never get to sleep. And I'll just spend all my time doing all that and then, you know, try to figure out how I'm making, wearing your body out. Jesus wasn't wearing his body out. He just laying there being a baby. Why? Covenant been cut. Covenant been cut. He been presented to God. Now these rights and privileges are coming into his life. At two years old, God demonstrates to him what he wants to do to us. Man. Man. I just heard that. Maybe I, I said, do with it what you can. When you get saved, you ought to be rich within two years. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That's, I don't know that's, I don't know that go well. When you and I get saved, we ought to be rich within two years. I'm going to come back over here. By the time you and I get saved, we ought to be rich within two years. See how y'all looking at me? See how y'all looking? By the time we get saved, we ought to be rich within two years. No, no, no. Why not? 
You in a rich covenant with a rich God who said he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You're in covenant. You're dedicated to him, right? Oh, that's the problem. 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 We're not yet dedicated to him. Truth be told. Truth be told. Come on, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Y'all ain't going to say no. I'm going to tell you for me. I spent a lot of years messing around. Saved, but I'm messing around. Saved, but I wasn't serious. Anybody else say that? I was saved, but I wasn't serious yet. Or I was saved, and I was still operating by my senses. Because I hadn't learned a new kingdom yet. I hadn't learned a new covenant yet. I hadn't learned new creation realities yet. I didn't know who I was and what I had. But now. So can I prophesy to you? That now that you're hearing this message today, that within two years from today, by December 27th, 2022, Everybody who hears his word, who's dedicated and presents themselves to the Lord, you will be known to the world as rich. How many of y'all really receive that? Within two years from this day. Mark it on your calendars. Within two years from this day, you'll be known. I didn't just say to each other. I said to the world. The world going to know you are rich. Because you're walking in covenant. Because you have come into alignment. Because you, you've dedicated yourself to the Lord. Within two years of this day, I'm going to be debt free, living in abundance, pay miles of the gospel. I'm going to be rich. Not, on my, not based on how many hours I can work. Not based on how much more degree I can get. But based on me receiving my rights and my privileges, then I declare today wealth and riches shall be in your house. Somebody shout us something one good time. Y'all watch this. Watch this. Y'all, y'all, y'all just relax a minute. I'll show you something. I gotta show you something here. I gotta show you something. I gotta show you something. I gotta show you something. Now. Now, Jesus comes as a human to live on the earth, Luanda. His father knows that to live on this earth, you must have earth currency. Faith was the currency of the kingdom. So where they lived in heaven, all they need is faith. God just call a thing, speak it. It comes to existence. But on earth he understood that you need earth currency. So that's why God the father made sure when his son came to the earth he had earth currency. M-O-N-E-Y. Because if you read from that text in Luke in, in Matthew after those wise men leave they are then led to go off into Egypt and hide if you're going to hide you can't work y'all ain't saying much if you go hide you can't go work so they got to go hide there he says until the ones who want to kill Jesus are dead 
They don't know how long that's going to be. So God has to make sure he loads them up with plenty of M-O-N-E-Y so they can eat and live and dress and, 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 and operate, take care of everything without having to work. God can bless you so much. I don't know if y'all ready for this. That you don't have to work. You just work because you want to. And God gave them earth currency. Ecclesiastes 10, 19. Put up Ecclesiastes 10, 19. It says, a feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers all things, everything. So in, I think the message translation says something like this, money makes the world go round. How many of y'all know that's true? I know you all saved, sanctified, deep, Holy Ghost filled, but how many of y'all know it's true? Money makes the world go round. You couldn't, couldn't go get now Christmas gift, no Christmas ham, no Christmas turkey, nothing without some M-O-N-E-Y, and I don't care how pretty you are, how cute you are, how sexy you may be, you got to have some M-O-N-E-Y on this planet. So if God knew that his son needed some money on this planet, then our father, according to Matthew 6, also knows that you and I need some money on this planet. Matthew 6, 30, 31 through 33 talks about how the father already knows that we need all these things. How many of y'all remember, um, I'm almost ashamed to bring it up, this movie came out in 88 called Coming to America. I, I, see, Kirk and already laughing. I, I in fact, part two, I think, is coming out here in about three months. And I made the mistake of watching the trailer. <laughs> see, I got to go repent and fast and pray and everything. But that was the funnest movie. I mean, I watched that. I probably watched that movie 1,782 times. <laughs> but you remember when... Hakeem was going to, uh, going to America to find a bride. His father, King Joffrey Joffers, loaded him with money. That even if they ran out, they could simply go back Western Union and say, can you please send us cool half million or half cool million. That is not enough. They could get as much money as they wanted. Because the king was not going to let his son be in a foreign land. Matter of fact, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. When the king arrived in America, he said, my son works? My son works? was not expecting his son to work for a living. He got upset when he found out his son was here in America working. And your daddy rich. Yes, 
when Abraham sent Eleazar, his servant, to go find a bride for Isaac. Abraham loaded Eleazar up with plenty of money to go find a bride for his son Isaac. So don't you understand that when Jesus was sent to this earth to get his bride, the church, his father had to load him up with money to make sure he didn't have to work for a living? What it got to do with me? Your job is to help build the bride. Your job is to help expand the bride. Your job is to keep gathering more into this bridal party for God. So if God took care of Jesus and made him rich, then he must also take care of you and make you rich. So that you and I don't work for a living. Can you imagine God? My son works. Some of y'all working for a living. Ain't no problem working now. But he don't want you working for a living. Because he said, what dog? Just Western Union me. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Just call me up. Just ask me. Just, just, just inquire of me. I will give you whatever you need. What you waiting on? You ain't got to be waiting on struggling, 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 straining, trying to make it. I'm, I'm going to give you whatever you need. I don't believe that. You ain't heard that yet. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So you got to hear it from somebody. And my job today is to preach this to you. So you're going to 2021 not working for a living. You're going to 2021 not struggling, not straining on your way home, barely getting by, trying to make it. God's going to bless your socks off. He's going to take you and your family from rags all the way to riches because your life is dedicated to God. You're in covenant. You know who you are. You know who you serve. And you now know what you have. Give God a shout about it. Philippians 419, New Living Translation. This is it. This is it. New living. This same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us. His glorious riches which have been given to us. His glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, so here it is. Rob, you getting this? So he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. Rags to start out as a lamb. Now let's look at Revelation 5. Revelation 5, 11 and 12. Here it is. We can close it. We can close it. This is what we read earlier. Revelation 5. Hallelujah. Remember, he's laid in that manger as a lamb. We get to Revelation 5. Let me find my Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, 
Verse 11, then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive. He was slain to receive something. Power and riches. Now, you got to know that Satan tried to tempt Jesus Christ with this back in the fourth chapter of Luke to try to go another way to getting pseudo riches and pseudo power, fake power, fake riches. But Jesus knew, no, I had to go through this way. I was a lamb. I was born a lamb, and I'm going to die a lamb. I must be slain because I came here to receive something, to receive rich power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Change verse 12 to Amplify, please. I want you to see something. I just want you to see one last thing here. Oh, my. Oh, my. Somebody going to grab a hold of that. That's what I mean. Rich and the world's going to know you rich. That's what God said in Malachi to the tither. He said, you, you shall be the lights of land and all nations will call you blessed. I mean, people are going to see you and say, God. The world going to call you blessed. Hallelujah. Same with a loud voice. Notice this what it says. Deserving is a lamb who was sacrificed to receive all. That's what I want you to see. All the power and riches and so on and so forth. So if he had listened to the devil, the devil would have given him some that would have run out but because he followed God and was slain he received all that means even what the devil thinks he still owns <laughs> can, I, can I give you one last verse switch to the King James Version Psalm 68 19 this wasn't in my notes it came to me later on I just, I'm like, wow. This makes all the sense in the world. Caleb, two years, rich. Where you were, Marshalls? It ain't what Marshalls can do. It's what the King of Kings can do. Ask your neighbor, say, so where you work? Where you work? What, what, what do you do? You, you, what you got? You got a check coming in? You got a. You got a, you got a disability, social security, pension. That ain't it. I'm talking about two years. The world's gonna know you're rich. I mean, Bezos and Gates and Zuckerberg and all them fellas gotta look and say, "Whoa, where you come from? Who are you?" Give me verse 18 and 19. 18 and 19. Psalm 68, verse 18 and 19. Verse 18 and 19. I need it in, in the King James. It's got to be in the King James. 
It's got to be in the King James. They got it. Now, remember what we just read? He was slain to receive. Okay? Now, we've heard this verse before. I want you to see this verse in terms, in context of what we've just preached about. Thou, this is a prophetic messianic scripture about Jesus. So this thou is Jesus. Has ascended on high. Now remember, to ascend it, to have ascended, he must have first descended. Romans 10. So thou has ascended on high. Thou has led captivity captive. You took all those that were captive and led them out into freedom. Thou has received gifts for men. Now remember Revelation 5.12 You were slain to receive Power, riches, wisdom, blessing, honor, glory But he tells us here he did that not for him He already had power, he already had riches, he already had wisdom He went and received these gifts for men We used to sing that song, Just For Me. Yea, for the rebellious also. Now, you read other translations that talk about for the rebellious who come to him. That means you were rebellious for the last 70 years of your Christian life. But two years from now. Yeah, just before you leave today, just get a selfie. Just take a picture of yourself. This is this is me, 2020. Two years from now, boy. That the Lord God might dwell among them. Now watch verse 19. Blessed be the Lord, who daily loads us with benefits. Even the God of our salvation. Stop and think about that. That's what Selah means. Just stop and think about that. Just let's think about that for a minute. Now, in your Bible, the word with benefits, the words with benefits are italicized. Which means that those were added. So we can take those out and say, Blessed with the Lord who daily loads us. Loads us. Daily load. Wait a minute. Because remember, he went and received gifts for you. So that means, so that every day he can load you up. Every day. They say in the world, another day, another dollar. Some say another day, another dime. Another, what they say? Another bag. <laughs> Get, <laughs> money bags. Now religious folk will fight what I'm saying to you. Because they have no idea that God has financial plans for their lives. But if he didn't, he would not have given us the example of Jesus. So much so, you read Jesus in his ministry, Luke chapter 8, how the Bible said these rich people would come and minister to him of their substance. They'd come and just bring him money. That's what it said. That's his, his whole life was like that. You think Nicodemus wasn't taking care of him? The rich man? You think Zacchaeus, when he came down out of that tree, wasn't blessing him? 
You think Joseph of Arimathea wasn't looking out for Jesus? They blessing him. Why? Because he's positioned himself to be blessed. So God has Josephs and Zacchaeuses and Nicodemuses and rich women and people who he'll use to bless. Boaz. I talked y'all about Boaz Wednesday night, right? Just get you in the right place at the right time. So God, he's going to take you from rags to riches. Everybody loves a good rags to riches story. Everybody loves that, to see somebody, wow, look how they came. They came up from this place, and now here, look at where they are now. Well, that's going to be your story. Somebody say, that's going to be my story. I'm going from rags to riches, and people are going to know I'm blessed. And because I'm going, to, I'm going on this journey and God's doing it, I'm not going to all of a sudden start taking the credit and act like it's me. I'm going to keep giving him all the glory. I'm going to keep giving him all the honor. It's going to be just like Psalm 112, verse 3. Well, the riches in my house and my righteousness is going to endure forever. Get up and give God a great hand of praise today. If you receive that word, I'm out of time. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a real big praise, all you rich folk, all you blessed folk, all you prosperous folk. Hallelujah. All you are rich and blessed and walk in the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Prosperity is God's idea. It's not some prosperity preacher's uh, concoction. What the devil does, she gets, he, he, he gets the world and the church to attack prosperity preaching. Because if people will, will resist prosperity preaching, then they'll never grab hold of what's theirs, which is prosperity. The devil knows that Jesus Christ took all his stuff. It's our stuff. He took it for us. He received gifts for men, not for himself. He received all that stuff for you. And the devil will keep us, keep people away from, don't listen to that prosperity. That's, <laughs> sure, of course it's a good idea for him. That way he can keep living in your property rent free. That's exactly what he wants to do. But the Bible said that the time would come I think it says over in Job how the devil have to cough up all those riches. He has to vomit up. I think it's the word it used in King James is to vomit up the riches. <laughs> Glory to God. When you make him and say, this is mine. This is mine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we always used to sing how you are rich in houses and land. But Lord, you don't need houses and land. <laughs> you didn't get all that for you. You got all that for us. All the houses, all the land, the cattle on a thousand hills. You don't even eat beef. 
all that cattle on a thousand hills is for us. Your children, your people who are in covenant with you. Thank you for giving Jesus Christ as our prime example of someone going from rags to riches. And you want to do the exact same thing in our lives. So Father, I pray that you would help us to be sensitive to the leading and guiding of the Holy Ghost. That we begin to get those uh, leadings every day. You know where, you know what, you know the hows. You can give us ideas and witty inventions. And God, you're able to give us things that create passive income, a residual income the rest of our lives. And that we can move on to something else and still have income coming over here and income coming over there. Lord, these things come from you, Lord. You're the God of all wisdom. Your words that Jesus Christ was slain to receive wisdom. It wasn't for him, it was for us. So, Lord, we're asking you to reveal wisdom for us. Wisdom. Your word says, Father, that with wisdom are riches and honor and life. Thank you, Lord. So I'm, I'm asking you today for these, your precious people, me included, that, Lord, over the next two years, our lives be so transformed. Over the next two years, that, God, it'll be for us like it was for, for Isaac when he sold in that land. Your word said, Father, in Genesis 26, 13, in the message that the man got richer and richer by the day. God, so I pray that each of us, Lord, would experience the same thing, Lord, as Isaac did, that we begin to get richer and richer by the day. By the day. No more being broke, no more being poor, no, no more barely making it. That by your wisdom, by your instruction, because of your blessing on us, we get richer and richer by the day. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, your people, that we'd all have this heart, that we will not turn to the left or to the right to serve other gods, but we'll serve you exclusively. And Father, as we manifest your blessings, spiritually, physically, emotionally, and materially, that God, our hearts will not be set on riches, but our hearts will always remain set on you, that you'll always be able to count on us. God, when, when there's a need, when there's a project, when there's an orphanage to be built, a school to be built, when there's something you want us to do, Lord, we won't be so tied to our money that we don't just freely give it to you, Father, and say, hey, Lord, do whatever you need to do with it. That God will not just be rich financially, but will be rich toward you. Now bless your people with the blessing that makes us rich and adds no sorrow, no struggle, no toil with it at all. We give you praise and glory for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Give God a great big hand of praise today if you know.